Hey everybody, Daniel here, and welcome to part two of Charlie's Villains. We're going to cover the last two actors and the characters that they play in Charlie Saves Christmas. I hope you have been enjoying Charlie's Heroes and Charlie's Villains to date. I've got two last actors here that I think you're really going to enjoy. Uh, we're going to kick things off very rapidly here with our first character. So enjoy part two, Charlie's Villains. Why, hello, Charlie. <laughs> you cannot leave here. How salacious, <laughs> don't say. A girl of 10, missing on the 43rd? How dreadful. There, there, little girl. Together we're gonna to take them down. All of them. And we begin today. Well, what have we here? Patience, patience. They're all weaklings. Evil? Is this some sort of silly story to you, Brian? Evil, really. It's business. You have what you want now. The star. Where can I find it? <laughs> oh, I crack myself up sometimes. You should have seen your face, Brian. <laughs> now, find me the girl and bring her to me. <sighs> I would not be so dismissive were I as weak and careless as you. Just a moment. I'd like to hear this proposal. Well, as you can hear for yourself, Miss Fillmore, this is certainly something that Child Protective Services should look into, which is why I called you over here personally. Reinforcements have arrived. You silly child. When will you understand that the source of power is always irrelevant? I can see you're a person that can appreciate a businessman like myself. Why, the stories this room can tell. An alliance, then. Tell me what you need me to do. Even as we waste time here, the wolf pack is on its way to where your friends are. They're after the girl. <laughs> and so what? So I'm afraid. Why shouldn't I be? My family is all gone. My wife barely speaks to me anymore. I don't have time to make friends. All I have is this job. The ancient powers shall be mine. <laughs> Why, hello, Charlie. Why, hello, Charlie. Why, hello, Charlie. Why, hello, Charlie. Like taking candy from a baby. 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 Oh, I think toying with them a little might be more interesting. Oh, I think toying with them a little might be more interesting. Next up is Kenny, or Dr. Discord, Dr. Evil, the Necessary Evil, a Necessary Evil podcast, part of the Necropodicon network. Uh, he goes by a bunch of different names, switches up his Twitter every once in a while, so I end up having to follow him. I'm a Patreon of his show. Love it. Actually, I think I'm a Patreon of a couple of these because their work is just, it's that good. It's worth going out and supporting. In fact, I would encourage uh, many of you, especially in these times, 
if you can help uh, the actors and creators that are out there, please go and support their shows. And maybe it's a you know, buck a month or you, you know, something else or uh, support one of the Indiegogos uh, that, that are on there. Please, please do that if you can. Uh, if, you don't, if you can't, don't, don't do it. Just listen to their shows and support them that way and show them some love on Twitter. Uh, I, think, I think that's a good way to do it or Instagram. Uh, uh, Carrie is not on Twitter. She is on Instagram though, so you can follow her there. Kenny has a really interesting show, but found it to be really fun. Even early on as I got into listening to podcasts myself, this Unnecessary Evil, and I think it was Dr. Evil before that, uh, but the idea that his character, or he, I'm not really sure, I think he's the character, or he really is Dr. Evil. I'm not, it, it's, it's kind of hard to tell, because Kenny's show is definitely unique. And, and like I said, I, he, he might be this person. <laughs> I don't know. I love him, no matter what. He's really unique perspective where he gives advice on how to be evil. I don't know how else to say that. And I feel terrible recommending that you go listen to it, but it is so funny and so on point. One of the most enjoyable, unique shows that I have listened to yet. And so I would encourage you. I know I shouldn't, I, you know, but anyway, so I'm looking for a villain that I wanted to be a little bit off the wall to be totally unique to have this different perspective that was this third party in the mix that was kind of doing their own their own thing and I wanted a neat voice for it and I listened to Kenny and I'm like this is Kenny is Crafton Crafton is a Kia which is another bird an alpine parrot from New Zealand and Pretty sure I say Kia correctly here. I don't think there's any other way to pronounce Kia, K-E-A, just three letters. You should go also, after you go and do this for me, listen to a Necessary Evil podcast. Listen to Kenny, listen to some of his episodes. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get me, you're going to feel me why I enjoy his show so much. Because it's, it's everything that you think deep inside and that you don't actually want to tell anybody, but you would like to tell people this, then this is terrible because, I mean, I shouldn't be, you know, we're talking about types of evil, and this is almost indifferent evil. Although in this case, craft, it's, it's instrumental evil. It's just, he's, it's about doing things you need to get what you want to accomplish, and you're just not worried about what other people feel or think about it. And <laughs> using, uh, using evil to get your stuff done. Anyway, it's, so it's great. It, go listen to that, and then... Search the internet for Kia, K-E-A, and you could call it Parrot, I think, in New Zealand, and videos of these, these creatures. They are, they're insane. Like, they're known to, I believe, for people that are vacationing at ski lodges, etc., in New Zealand. These birds have been known to rip the ceiling out, the, the seal, not the ceiling, the seal off of the window windshields of their vehicles and, and like tear things apart. Like they teach their young how to open all kinds of stuff, uh, unlock things uh, that they're wonderfully, amazingly evil birds. I don't know how else to explain this. Look, go, you go, go and watch and give a shout out to New Zealand for just the birds on that just, it's wonderful. The, the, habitat and wildlife in New, the habitat and wildlife in New Zealand is just outstanding. Anyway, I, 
I got really interested for a while. I know I'm probably poor Brad. It just, it's just awful. I'm, like, I'm an American. What can I say? I just, I'm infatuated and love your country. And I don't know how to show love for your country well enough. But I think I did this one right because I found the perfect actor, the perfect actor to embody the Kia. There, there can be no other. His voice is perfect. His approach is perfect. He even told me when I gave him the lines, he's like, I'm going to knock this out of the park. And he did. They, you know. So, I mean, how can you say no to that? He's, he was absolutely right. Phenomenal job. Never asked him to redo any line or anything. It just he, how he put it together is exactly what I, he was actually sick for a little bit of this and still just powered through. I, you know, it was phenomenal. Love Kenny. Love his work. And how he brought craft into life is exactly, exactly how I imagined in my craziest dreams that I wanted Crafton to be. I wanted Crafton to be crafty, right? That's kind of what the, the name is all about. And um, to be doing things because he was trying to get something done. He was, had this mission. And he was going to accomplish this mission. And then he saw that there was some more power out there. And maybe he could just, let's hold on and let's check this thing out because it might be to my advantage. And just the assumption that this giant tiger is going to do what he says. And the tiger does do what he says. And it's just a, it's a great example of um, the evil, but uh, you know, I'm not supposed to do it. Don't be like, don't be like this. Don't, don't, don't do this in real life. Okay, let's. That's not. It's it's evil. I know it's funny. I know it's funny, and it. I mean, it shouldn't be funny. And I, I was torn right the whole time editing, and I'm writing this character. I'm like, my my mom is not going to be happy with with me. My kids are not going to be proud of what it is that I've just done here. But this character is awesome. I just love this character. And, uh, and I had to do it. And Kenny, Kenny, thank you for just crushing Crafton. Crafton is fantastic. I, he's got to come back too somehow. I don't know. I did, anyway, really, really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to give you a couple snippets of some of the lines. Uh, he initially tricks Charlie into, uh, into coming to him. And so we're going to have some of those lines. And later on, to so show some of the, uh, the subterfuge behind this character, we'll, uh, we'll let you in on uh, one of the conversations that he has with, uh, with Marvelous. Fantastic character. Enjoy this. Kenny, uh, Dr. Discord, Dr. Evil from A Necessary Evil, the podcast, as Crafton. Well, what have we here? I wondered how this thing would work. I send it out and it brings me back. You. Charlie was only slightly less startled that this creature could also talk, but could think of very little to say and so merely blurted out, I'm Charlie. Who are you and why are you in my dream? The large Kia straightened its head slowly and fluffed its wings as it settled into a more comfortable position on the low-hanging branch. Why, hello, Charlie. My name is Crafton, and yes, this is a very silly dream, isn't it? Perhaps you should just go back to sleep and wake up at home in your warm bed. The bird's eyes were so mesmerizing that Charlie found her head feeling very light, and in spite of herself, she yawned and rubbed her eyes. I'm just in a dream. Yes, yes, I should have just stayed in my bed. Charlie replied in mid-yawn. There, there, little girl. Just settled down on the ground. Really, you are just in your bed at home. 
go back to sleep. Before you know it, everything will be back the way it was. The bird's voice drifted off in her mind as Charlie settled herself on the muddy floor of the forest, soaking her nightgown with the dark coloring of the odd forest earth as she did. In a few moments, the little girl was sound asleep on the forest floor, and so Crafton released his use of the pendant that hung around his neck. After a moment, he hopped down from the branch and walked his way stiffly over to the girl, nudging her with his strong beak before nosing into her pocket and withdrawing the small necklace she had been hiding there. With a deft flip of his head, he wrapped her necklace around his own neck and with a great lunge, slapped himself back up to his previous perch. Like taking candy from a baby. I think it's time we step things up a notch, Marvelous. Crafton's voice drifted from the trees above the great cat as Marvelous made his way back toward the stone circle. And then a flurry of wings as the Kia dropped to a rock just in front of the tiger's path. They're all weaklings, yet we traipse around on their errands, growled the tiger as it sat back on its haunches and eyed the large bird. You seem to have something in mind. That I do. The heron is getting her power from somewhere or something. She isn't powerful on her own. That means we just need to take whatever it is that she has. The crystal. She's a very wary creature, though. That makes getting close all the more challenging, but not impossible. The tiger's tail swished along the ground as it spoke. She has knowledge, but she rules with fear. If she can control the others with words and tricks, we should have no trouble making our own deals. After all, everyone wants the same things. The Kia tilted its head from side to side for a moment. I've been doing some surveillance. Oh, and have you found the star? I don't think the star is anything tangible. That little locket the girl had is all burned out. But no, there are three points that are set apart from each other like a triangle. I could feel the drafts change as I flew over the lines between them. The stones are one. What are the others? Again, the deep voice of the tiger rolled like distant thunder as it warmed to a hatching plan. The second is some sort of clearing with a large stump from a tree. A tree larger than any I've ever seen, or it once was. The Kia had spent a good bit of time calculating the precise distance between the three locations, and was now certain that they were all related. The third location is Stony Mound and a series of caves. And, as it happens, there is a small party heading from there to the stone circle, including the girl who has somehow escaped her captivity. Then we intercept them. Taking the girl would be simple. The tiger smiled with menace as a growl grew in its throat once again. Oh, I think toying with them a little might be more interesting. But yes, the girl is the key. I don't think the heron with all her growing army can do anything further without the girl. But I think we should try to align ourselves with the girl. Offer a truce to gain her help in taking down the old hag. Yes. 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 
Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. Yes. It's fearful. 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 Yes. 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 Last, certainly not least, at all, I've saved Kenneth Eccles. I've saved Kenneth Eccles. So I'm, I'm also a Patreon of Kenneth. Now, see, I say this, and I'm like, I should be probably a Patreon of all of these. They're, they're just, they're all phenomenal. Uh, so maybe I'll have to do that. I'll have to figure out the budget piece on that. Uh, you should support all these shows, too, uh, even if it's just a buck a month or something. They just do such a good job. Kenneth uh, is a unique comedian. He has a unique mind. I think he would agree that his mind is unique. I think when he's no longer with us and the world is worse off because Kenneth Eccles is not with us and somehow scientists get a hold of his brain, they're going to find that it is unique. It is different. It is, uh, maybe it's evolved. Maybe it's devolved. I don't know. It's just different. He just thinks... He sees the world in a way that I don't think anybody else sees the world. And yet when you see through his eyes, it's, you know, it's just so funny. It's so enjoyable. His, his show, Podcast Reviews, Reviews Podcast, is about reviewing the reviews of his podcast. Think, don't think about that too hard. It, it'll hurt your mind. It's such a great idea. And they're short. They're really, really really short, really short. So I, I made sure that his lines weren't terribly long because I know that the strain of doing a huge, long soliloquy might be a little bit much, a little bit much for him. Uh, so he plays this character, Jinx, and he, which is Jonathan January, is that January? That's the, uh, that's the full name of this character. Now, this character was not intended to end up, we had a turn, there was a turn. And spoiler alert, you stop if you haven't listened. Okay, I mean, zip past this part, I guess, and come back. So he has a turn. He has a redemption. I did not write Jinx's redemption. And, you know, is it really going to be a full redemption? I've got more stories to come. So maybe, maybe this isn't a spoiler at all. Maybe there's more to this story than you think. Anyway, it, it just... He was so good as Jinx. And Jinx, behind the scenes too, everybody hated Jinx. So poor, poor, poor Kenneth was just taking it, uh, you know, left and right, and they'd, they'd giving it right back uh, behind the scenes. I wish y'all should join, because anybody can join, right? The, the Cast Junkie Discord, I will make sure that I put a link on there. You can meet all these people, or the Podicon Go Discord, so our family-friendly side, where a lot of half of the actors are from there. The other half are on the uh, Cast Junkie Discord. You should join both of these because fans, you can actually chat with me. I, you know you don't want to talk with me, but you can you can talk with cast members. You can talk with these showrunners. They're there. Like, we're real people. We're just like you. And some of these people are way more talented than you or I. I think that's that's pretty clear. I've, I've discovered that. And that's okay. We're, we're interested in being near and connected to talented people. That, we have no problem with that, 
right? Hopefully we have no problem with that. Anyway, so Kenneth is just, it's such a fun show and such an interesting way of viewing things. And he's so good at what he does. Such a good actor. Uh, it's, it's, so he took Jinx, who's just, he's the, he's the building manager. He's, uh, he's, the, he's the Ferris. He was intended to be Kettle's Ferris. So you got Ferris to Millicent. And Ferris was intended to be this kind of bumbling, stumbling, right-hand, uh, muling, um, you know, catering to the evil of Millicent and enabling that. And so Jinx is supposed to be the same thing with Kettle. And he kind of does, right? He enables all of this. He's, he's in, indifferent and he's also somewhat instrumental. He's got his own thing. He's, he's taken Kettle as his idol as his mentor. Imagine this. What kind of person? Because you you listen to Kettle, right? Who would want to be mentored? But he sees the power that Kettle has brought around himself, and he's going to step in and take that power. And we try to humanize him a little bit in there. But he's awful. I mean, he just, he, everybody hates him. <laughs> I hate him. Uh, but he has a redemptive turn in the end. And so it's phenomenal. Uh, this it gave me, the way that, that, uh, that Kenneth created this character gave me, I think, the most surprising turn in the story. A lot of it is, uh, you know, I would admit, I wrote the story so that you, it had the right kinds of, of feels to it that, that I wanted my audience to experience. It meant to be a Christmas story, right? Uplifting, and there's scary parts, and there's ups and downs. And so I you know, kind of tried to mold it to be what you expect and what you wanted out of a good story. Uh, but you've got to throw in some other things to it. And Jinx is one of those that I threw in there that, uh, that j- he stole the Dagon scenes. And he was in, actually, him with Jordash and Jordash playing Brian. My, they were so fun to edit these scenes. And then I wrote some additional things for them as I started to edit because the back and forth between those two phenomenal voice actors behind the scenes spills over largely into how they do these parts. And it's just, it was like this, this dance. And I could see now why real directors uh, really enjoy what they do. I think it's this kind of thing they find when you get such talent and the talent works together. It, it's, uh, I think it's a little easier to do that when you when you're playing parts that are, oh, that's hard too. But anyway, the, the way the back and forth they had between them gave me something else, a different sort of seam inside of the story that I, I enjoyed. I think a lot of people enjoyed that scene. And, and Kenneth just brought this character. It just, he wasn't overly slimy. He was, he was slick and you hated him. And yet you kind of felt bad because, I mean, he's working for Kettle. I mean, how could you not be messed up? Right, but and this is what I wanted to get across in these concepts of evil: is that we we can fall prey to other aspects and influences in our lives, and they shape who we are. And at some point, there may come this point where we need to make a choice: do we continue to follow all the way down to where that that path is going to lead, and it is not going to lead to a good place, or do we? stop it at some point and decide that we're going to do something different. And this is what he is constantly faced with all the way through this story. He, 
He is almost the most human. One of the most human elements, Brian's like, I don't know, there's a lot of it in there too, but in terms of my villains, uh, the most human of the villains, the most that you could, you kind of, anyway, just what a wonderful character Kenneth uh, created. And that he drove a lot of that. So, I mean, I just wrote for him and how he was shaping the character. Uh, really, really interesting thing. So we're going to play a, a little different uh, scene with he and Brian. I, I think, again, that, um, that that's a good one to see. I'm going to do it. That's a good one to do. Just that, that interaction is fantastic. And, and then a, a little snippet, too, of when he turns Joan in. Because uh, that's a, a huge piece of, of the story overall. So here we are. Kenneth Eccles, Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast, as Jonathan January, a.k.a. Jinx. And in sauntered the last face on earth he needed to see, Jinx January. Did you hear the news? The slight man chirped in an overly cheery way. Brian glared at him. Oh my grumpy today, aren't we? Well, I can certainly understand why. But you're a big boy. You'll survive. Jinx trailed off, smiling while observing Brian's darkening countenance before continuing. The building is abuzz today. Seems that Miss Fillmore from CPS is coming back. They were here investigating that woman on the 43rd who lost her child. Jinx just prattled on as if Brian weren't even there. The man was clearly oblivious. Just an underling that shouldn't get under his skin, but Brian couldn't stand the sight of the slight man at the moment. CPS. He responded idly, if for no other purpose than to shut the other man up. Child Protective Services, of course. Smiled Jenks as he took a seat on a stool near the workbench. Goodness, man, you do live under a rock, don't you? Well, somehow... Here, Jenks lingered on the word before repeating it conspiratorially. Somehow, word got out that one of the building mothers lost her child. Can you imagine? Lost her child. Well, the minute I discovered that, it was my duty to alert the authorities. Jinx was cut short by Brian's response. Who? What child? Brian jerked around, suspicion filling his voice. Oh, the little girl in 4312. Very sad story, really. I'm just glad I could act in time. Wouldn't want to be in the shoes of her aunt, but probably have to take the child away. It's better that way, really. How salacious, you don't say. A girl of ten, missing on the 43rd? How dreadful. He made a marvelous show of concern on his face, as the tenth tenant shared what little detail they had, usually embellishing the story each time. The rumors were already quite incredible. One said it was the old woman across the hall that stole the child away from her negligent mother. Another said that the child merely ran off to find her sister, who had been thrown out of the apartment. Still another claimed that the girl had been so badly neglected that she had died and her body had been found in the laundry chute. Well, as you can hear for yourself, Miss Fillmore, this is certainly something that Child Protective Services should look into. I don't have any idea what could have happened to the young girl. But we at Kettle Properties take child safety very seriously, which is why I called you over here personally. Jinx smiled broadly as the clean-cut service officer sat in her prim, dark suit, briefcase in hand. I suppose that it cannot hurt to take me to the room. I assume that the mother is there now. Miss Fillmore had seen and heard everything. 
literally. Cases like this, fortunately, usually turned out to be nothing more than a child running and hiding and then returning when they were hungry again. Though much worse could be at play here, and that was what she was trained to handle. Oh, I believe so. She is certainly making a good show of being frightened. Did you know this isn't the girl's real mother? No, no, this is her adoptive aunt. The poor young girl lost her mother some years ago and has been in the care of her aunt since arriving here at least. Sadly, the woman can barely make ends meet and is always away working, leaving the young child alone most of the evening and night when school is out. Or at least that's what I hear. Jinx smiled again and then stood. If you are ready, you can follow me. Miss Fillmore was a good judge of character. And this character, she did not like. But no matter who or what he was, he was not likely at fault here. Just another leech feeding off of the pain of others. But this, she expertly kept to herself as she stood as well and nodded. Yes, please. I think I will interview the mother now and the caretaker who lives across the hall. Miss Oldmeyer, is it? Oh, yes, Miss Oldmeyer. Jinx chuckled lightly. She has been a resident for many years, keeps to herself mostly. I wouldn't have thought she could do anything to harm anyone, but who knows? <laughs> Stranger things happen, and these days, you just never know. This last he said as he walked out the door, leading Miss Fillmore to the bank of elevators and to the 43rd floor. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, learning a little bit more about behind the scenes as much as I enjoyed sharing all of this with you. Thank you for listening to Charlie Saves Christmas uh, for supporting our show. Uh, again, we wish you all the best during this crazy time uh, that's, 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 um, that we're experiencing across the world. Uh, it's, it's hitting every one of us. And uh, so your, your listenership on this, hopefully we're giving back as much as you're giving to us in supporting uh, our show. Wish you all the best. And the next thing you should be looking forward to is the beginning of our season three and the beginning of the next portion, chapter, book, book, next book of this story, Cassie and the Spectral Shade. Welcome to the promo episode for Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast, the podcast in which I review the reviews of my podcast. This is a promo, but it's also a full-length episode to show you kind of what the show's about and like. So if this is in your regular feed that you're hearing this, this is actually also going out to a bunch of other podcasts who are swapping promos in 60-second spots with me, so I put their promo on my podcast later. So this is a, a promo slash episode um, to tell you what the show's about. If you already know, then thank you for listening and being a listener. But if you don't, uh, my show called Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast is about reviewing people's reviews of my show, Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast. I go to iTunes, and every time I, I look at the reviews, I read and rate your reviews of my show um, about the podcast. Uh, I'm almost out of 60 seconds are up, so uh, check out my show in iTunes, rate and review it, Podcast Reviews Reviews Podcast, and we'll see you next week. I can still hear Zoran ask. Dice Tower Theaters, Dawn of Dragons. A unique narrated audio drama based around a basement tabletop role-playing game. Six children grow up in the dawning epicenter of a new war. Two brothers, Benedict the pious and careful, and Zane the carefree, are joined by their younger cousin Cordelia, the blacksmith and seamstress's daughter. 
their friends Zorin, the son of the local justice, <laughs> and Sophie, the abandoned sister of a young and beautiful sword for hire, accompanied them on this journey. Sword sorcery and adventure await to engage the listener along the way in our 20 minutes or less episodes. We hope you enjoy Dice Tower Theater's Dawn of Dragons, a proud member of the family-friendly Patagon Go Network. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm... I was just thinking. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Grab your favorite pillow and a curious heart. It's time for a story. Elderberry Tales is a storytelling podcast featuring inspiring and engaging stories for kids. Ancient wisdom, timeless tales, and contemporary heroes. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and listen on your favorite podcast player. Welcome, both of you. You are the final two to arrive. I won't be gone long, and Aunt Nani needs your help. Promise me you'll be helpful. Hello? Is anyone there? <laughs> Screechers? The family reputation is at stake, son. The visual arts may lack relevance. Wait, what is that? Governor's School for the Arts at Walnut Grove. The Happy Go Lucky Podcast, producers of Charlie Saves Christmas, bring you our next heartwarming adventure, Cassie and the Spectral Shade. Don't you remember what it was like to be 17? It turns out you're quite pretty, and it wouldn't hurt for people to see me walking in with you. Good for you, Judy. Cut, cut. That was ghastly. Dreadful. I want you to go through it again. This time make me feel something. You'd think that if I could dream the same thing over and over, that eventually I'd figure out how to control it better than this. Seeing every moment, keeping them like diamonds locked away with Sorry about that, but you'll find that Walgrove has a thing for dreadful terms. Fair and warm, lone traveler. Come, rest that I your wounds may bind. If my reputation is based on the company I keep, I suppose I'm better off heading in on my own. Please join your fellow first years in the Great Hall, where the staff and faculty have prepared a lovely reception for you. You can call me Cassie. Cassie Cole. Sorry I didn't mention it earlier.